Over the past year, many academic medical centers have begun attempting to address problems related to systemic racism, including by forming committees to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. Committees that almost always include minority students, fellows, and faculty. And although many people find such service to be meaningful and important, the time that minority faculty spend on diversity initiatives comes at a cost, often referred to as the minority tax. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Teresa Williamson, a Chief Neurosurgery Resident at Duke University Medical Center. Dr. Williamson has co-authored a perspective article about alleviating the burden associated with the minority tax. Dr. Williamson, could you start by describing what we mean by the term minority tax and how it manifests itself in academic medicine? So when we talk about the minority tax, we're really talking about a term that has been coined by several authors before me who are talking about the idea that for minorities, there are some increased service demands in jobs in general. This extends to other industries, not just medicine. But when we're talking about academic medicine, we're talking about faculty, residents, students who have disproportionate service demands related to the fact that they're a minority. And these usually are efforts, including sort of committee work, recruitment work, service work that are usually specific to multicultural affairs, diversity, recruitment and retention, and minority health issues. So how does the minority tax affect Black and Brown faculty members, both in terms of academic productivity and advancement and from the standpoint of well-being? I think it's an interesting topic and it's a double-edged sword because I think if you ask several minority faculty or trainees, I'll use myself as an example, some of the most meaningful work I do is mentorship, guiding policies and committees, thinking about how to improve minority health is something that I'm extremely passionate about. So I think on one side, it shouldn't be viewed as a burden. I think on the other side of things is because of the fact that hospitals and academic centers don't always value diversity work as equivalent to other forms of leadership or scholarship. You really see the effect of the tax when you start looking at time spent on grants, time spent on publications, time spent doing cases that are going to lead to promotion. And so I think the reason why Black and Brown faculty are affected by the minority tax is really a lot due to the way that hospitals and academic centers reward that type of work. So instead of getting scholarly contributions from these committees, from these publications, from this mentorship, I actually this morning did several mentor meetings and they're squeezing it in while running between rounds and trying to get academic work done and trying to get the grant done. So it's really pulling away from the things that are going to get them towards promotion and tenure, even if it's meaningful activity. So in your article, you talk about several strategies for reducing these negative consequences of the minority tax, including approaches based on what you call tax reduction or tax deferral. So what are the ideas behind these approaches? Yeah, so I had a lot of fun writing this article with Dr. Yubel and Dr. Goodwin and had to become a little bit of a tax term expert. And in order to think about what are the best ways, if we're talking about a minority tax, we want to talk about ways to keep the meaning of the work and then also try to make things equal. So when we look at sort of all the tax reform that's been passed, and I'm by no means a tax expert, most of it's designed so that the system sort of equally taxes everyone. And so that really was the goal of this paper of 
how can we make a system that everybody's equally taxed and everybody equally benefits? So when we talk about deferral, that's basically waiting to pay a larger tax when you're already more senior. And so in that regard, some of the advice that I've been mentored on as a woman of color who's about to start a faculty position is don't get bogged down in being in too many diversity efforts early in your career before you get your K award, before you get your R award, before you establish yourself clinically, because you may distract yourself from some of those tasks. And there's, as we know, less retention of black and brown faculty through to sort of senior leadership. And so if you were to wait or defer, you would help black and brown faculty achieve positions of leadership and then have them work on diversity strategies. And at that point, they may also be more powerful to actually make some change in institutional culture and policy because that often is coming from the top down. So I think that's one example with deferral. When we talk about reduction, that strategy is one that we weigh in the paper as maybe not our favorite because that's just have you do less. Let's say, don't sit on that committee at all. But the problem with that is there's a lack of representation. And I think it's really important that black and brown voices are heard. We've seen historically what happens when they're not heard. And so reduction is a difficult strategy. So we kind of favor some of the other more nuanced strategies to try to make things more equitable. So in that regard, how should white faculty members be involved in efforts to balance the tax burden? What roles are appropriate for non-minority faculty when it comes to these diversity initiatives? I think there's so many ways that non-minority and white faculty can be involved. So one, I think our Department of Neurosurgery recently has, on our diversity committee, has encouraged all faculty to attend meetings and has actually incentivized faculty to attend meetings of the diversity committee. One of our senior leadership sits on the diversity committee as a co-chair, which I think really goes to show that this is not a black and brown problem. This is an institutional problem, or this is an institutional issue that needs to be addressed by all faculty. And so I think that having a group approach to its importance and value is really key. I think being purposeful about the way that black and brown faculty are mentored and keeping in mind sort of some of those additional service demands and making sure to promote the black and brown faculty in their department and and recognize that this may be a little bit of a different structure or a different path to leadership is really key. And I think that white faculty, particularly those in leadership, can be instrumental to this process. And looking at the question of what institutions can do, you ultimately, in your article, endorse the idea of a minority tax refund, essentially paying minority faculty for their disproportionate time on committees. What are the benefits and the challenges associated with adding financial value to diversity work? So I think the first challenge of adding financial value to diversity work is the instant gut reaction that people may have of, well, that's not fair. You shouldn't be getting paid to do something that you already should be doing to that whom much has been given, much will be required, and therefore the service is expected and should not be sort of additionally financially rewarded. And I think that that's probably from an institutional standpoint would be the largest pushback with that. But I think what we're recommending in the refund or credit is a little bit more nuanced in the sense that we're not just saying, okay, black and brown faculty have increased service, so give them more money. 
What we're saying is let's make this equitable. Let's find a way that if we are needing our black and brown faculty to help us lead diversity efforts and to help us improve the health of black and brown communities, let's also support their academic careers. So instead of just purely a financial incentive, let's have additional administrative support, additional grant support, because really what the key thing that they're missing is time. And so it's trying to credit back or refund back that time to be spent excelling and promoting their careers. And so I think that that is really the way that if I were running an institution, I would present such an idea so that it would be more palatable. The other thing that I think is a potential challenge is that everybody does committee work and everybody does service work. And we recognize that while there is data that minority faculty have an increased tax, everyone is contributing to the day-to-day goings on in the hospital. And so one of the interesting things that we talk about is sort of a community activity point or a cap. And could you make that part of the promotion structure so that there's a score for the number of publications, there's a score for your national reputation, but then there's also one about community or committee involvement. And I think that that would also make it so that you could help all your faculty who are doing a lot of committee and community work and help it to be more equitably acknowledged when you go out for a promotion. Finally, what other steps could institutions take to support recruitment, retention, and success of minority students, trainees, and faculty? Where do we go from here? I think that in recruitment, I'll answer that by kind of saying what I was looking for recently when I started looking for jobs. I think that it's really great to already have people that are promoted. So promoting the people that you already have. And I don't mean just giving them a title, but I mean purposefully mentoring them so that they have opportunities and have the resume needed to move on to the next step and to lead. Because there's nothing more key than seeing faces that look like yours in the leadership above you. I think after that, I would say that involvement of non-minority and white faculty in these issues really shows that there's an acknowledgement that minority health is health and that everybody is making an effort to improve this. So having incentives and metrics that are included in quality metrics about minority health and the way that we're serving the community so that you know from an institutional standpoint that the culture is aligned with these values. Because I think what I was looking for, what many are looking for as young faculty coming in is knowing that you're going to be mentored and knowing that the institution aligns with the values of your community. And so I think shaping those things will really help to recruit. And then also, if you see a path towards leadership, will help to retain. Thank you, Dr. Williamson.